Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess. And our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about the Dave Chappelle Netflix controversy, and we began to cover what are we hearing what's being said, what role does tribalism have in cancel culture, the choice conundrum, and which pathway to success will you travel? And this week, Jared, what are we going to dive into? We're going to talk about, we're going to build on what we talked about last week and talk about the like impossibilities, right? The impossible standards that we are trying to um, set up for people, right? Um, standards that are some kind of mixture, right? Of like rational thought and like this irrational emotional responses that human beings give to everything in life, right? <laughs> and so, and so um, you know, like a perfect example, we were talking about the Dave Chappelle uh, thing uh, last week, right? The special, I still encourage anybody who hasn't seen it, go see it. Um, and he talks about get, he's gonna get canceled because the things he says about transgenders, one of the transgender people, like uh, transgender activists that came out and, you know, talk bad about Dave Chappelle or try to have Dave Chappelle canceled after this special. Um, like a couple of days later, it came out that, you know, they had all these uh, racist tweets. Um, and you, I guess you could call them racist or whatever. Right. So this is, again, like these impossible standards. Right. And uh, but it was they were talking about an Asian person. Oh, they had a bunch of tweets about Asian people at Asian stores and like how, like, you know, fuck that Asian bitch, excuse my language, guys, and blah, 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 blah. And Asians are this and yada, yada, yada. And um, the Asians are this thing was kind of, was, mm. to me, that was borderline. That was like very racist. Like that was like an <laughs> overarching statement. But most of it was that, you know, they used the Asian as a descriptor to say somebody did a behavior that they didn't like, right? Mm. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and that, and it gets labeled as racist, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're trying to cancel Dave Chappelle for talking about, you know, transgender people, but here you are lumping all Asian people into a, into a category and accosting them. Right. And it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's all, it's biblical, right? It, it goes, you know, whoever is without sin, let them throw the first stone. Right? And everybody puts their stones down. <laughs> and so uh, I think we're in a world right now where everybody's got a stone in their hand. And, uh, you know, they're not thinking about, you know, their own sin. They're not thinking about the beam in their own eye. They're talking about the splinter in somebody else's. Like, I'm super biblical. I don't, I'm going to let you go after I give my little biblical references. <laughs> I, you know, man, I, I 100% agree. It's like, I think about a few things. I think about, uh, it, if people were to judge me now based off of some of my most emotionally passionate or irrational moments of my past... It would, it would probably be hard for people to relate to me in this moment, because if they only saw me as that, they would likely not see me for who I am. You know, I, and I like that you drew that to a behavior. Like we've all probably done behaviors that 
we might or might not do now. Like that's part of the human experience. It's, it's, you know, we learn from our behaviors and I think that's, and then I also say this context is so critical, right? It's so easy for us to be on the outside, to take things out of context. I, I, I love, absolutely love and treasure my friends and my friends, my friend groups are such hodgepodges of humanity in the sense of it, there's just, it's such a colorful mix of characters and backgrounds and belief systems and everything else. And I will often with different friends, will have different jokes that if another group were to hear some of what we said out of context, they would label us one way and another group would label us another way. But what we're really doing in that context is we're connecting and talking and we're not doing anything hurtful or bad we're just communicating as friends because we have that safe and sacred space to be able to do that. And it's not hurting or harming anyone else. I, I, I think that's we're, one of the things that we still, I don't think are addressing in this whole crazy thing, Jared, is it's, it's that whole sticks and stones, break our bones, words can never hurt us. But we're, us on the, us as the viewers of the words, we're choosing to allow them to impact and affect us. You know, there's still this personal responsibility thing that it seems like we're getting more and more away from in society of really giving people the opportunity to take ownership and we're putting more of the onus on the other person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, Jared, I love and respect you. And if you choose to get upset about something I say, that's not me forcing you to get upset. I can hold a gun to your head right now and say, Jared, do this. And I can't technically make you do anything. Right, because you have choice. It would be really they hard. Still have to choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that we're just like we're we're getting on these things about making everybody else responsible for how we feel, not looking at ourselves. Bingo. That's I was gonna ask you. Do you feel like people are trying to pass the buck, right? Yeah. Trying to always make it somebody else's responsibility for you know their life outcomes, their feelings, their emotions. And, and are we are we um, are we in this situation? I guess it goes back into that victim mentality, right? Are we in this situation where, you know, for lack of a better word, we're becoming like a country of, of victims, right? And even even the whole tribal slash identity politics is well. What victim category can I fit into, right? <laughs> and and, and, and no, no fault to anyone for it too, because if we look at it, our, I think our elected representatives, they're the, they're the primary models of this. Well, that truth. And, and, and my, my favorite psychologist, Jordan Peterson, right? I don't know if you guys listen to him or whatever, or you just listen to, you know, read the Bible. We can all claim victimhood in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, we can we can all find a way to fit ourselves into a victim category because life is yes. hard. Yep. And everybody gets everybody gets stepped on or trampled on or messed up. You know what I mean? Al Al Gore, right? I love that. Uh, have you ever you guys heard that you heard the story from um, uh, Tony Robbins where he's talking about uh, yep. you know Al Gore? Yeah, Al Gore raises his hand. So Al, Al Gore, you know, he's running for president. Right. And I mean, that election goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. And, you know, did he win the popular vote? I can't remember if he won a popular vote or Bush won a popular vote. Anyway, 
you know, here's a guy, one of the most powerful people in the world, probably. It's definitely in the United States of America. And he's a victim because <laughs> he got, she, in his mind, cheated out of the presidential election, right? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump, you know, in, in uh, 2020, he's a, you know, he was a victim, right? And he's a billionaire and was the president at the time. <laughs> and, and I think too, there's something I, I agree, like what you said, life is hard and I want to add a caveat to it. I think life is hard based on our perception of how we believe life should be for us. Ooh. That's often in comparison to someone or something else, right? So Ooh. my life will be very hard if my expectation of life is that I should own a sports car and, you know, X, Y, Z. And that is based off of my comparison to these other people or these other things. You know what? I'm, I'm going to fucking dig real deep. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hurt you. Life is hard, right? If I if I'm a if I was born with a penis, and I choose to dress like a woman and try to grow breasts and come penis off, it's gonna make my life whether whether I had explicit matter or not, it's gonna make my life harder. Is it, yeah, and, I, and and it just it just is right. And uh, and even then, I think that's still it's it's a matter of perception. Right. Because one person could embrace that as being hard. Another person might embrace it as as God's quest for them. Yeah. I'm living my truth. Yeah. This is this is my journey. This is this is, you know, this is my Mount Everest. This is this is the the challenge that I'm tackling in life. Matter matter of fact, they might not even look at it as like you said, not even look at it as hard, but look at the, the struggle and the process as this is the cost of being authentic. And yes. I think I think in everyone's life, there's a cost to being authentic, right? Yes. And, and, and it, it just it just means that, uh, you know, I think that's what bridge building is all about. It just but it just means that no matter what the tides of the world is telling you, you're you're going to be yourself, and you're going to come up with a way to formulate your own opinions and live off of your own experiences and blah 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 blah. That's good. and this and that's. Sometimes it's going to make you a lot of friends. Sometimes it's going to make you feel lonely and sometimes it's going to make you some enemies. Right. And that's, and that's just, and, and that's just the truth of it. And uh, here's that other hard part that we keep talking about. Even if they are a personal enemy to you, it doesn't mean that they are a bad person or a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, or like they have a contradicting viewpoint, right? Like, so like, I, I'm trying to think of like two extreme religions, but we'll just go Christianity and Islam, right? Contradicting viewpoints, right? Uh, and but I don't think anybody, like at least in America, necessarily feels like just because someone's Muslim, right, that we can't be friends, we can't associate, we can't blah 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 blah, right? We can't get along, right? I I think that. If I say gender is real, right? It doesn't, in my mind, for me personally, I don't feel like I can't, I can, I can't be friends with a transgender person. You know what I mean? Or treat them. I met a, a transgender girl the other day. Super cool, right? <laughs> girl, guy, transgender guy. It was a girl turned guy, right? <laughs> so, um, and uh, super cool, and you know. 
likable, amiable, right? You know, uh, hadn't had their breasts moved yet, but in every other way, a guy, right? <laughs> you know what I Jared, mean? let me just, let me just ask you a question in the moment, and just tell me, like, just try not to think of it, just instant gut response. So that statement you just made, if you think about only the human, how do you feel? If you think about then trying to classify them as guy or girl or or categorically, what's the feeling that comes up for you then? When I'm trying to classify, I'm trying to do them justice. Uh Uh-huh. And that's it. it. But what is the feeling for you? Is it, is it awkward? It's very awkward. I don't don't know how they want, like, but if you just think of the human, if you just think of the human, if you just, if you, if you told that story and said, I met this awesome person the other day, they were super cool. They were, you know, we had an awesome conversation, those kinds of things. How does it feel then? It feels natural. I, feel, I can feel the warmth of the, of the interaction. Does that make and, any and, kind of sense? Yeah. And that's, and that's my point right there, right? Is, is, is like the, the discomfort or the hardness is always going to be the emotion, right? So there's this, there's this piece that is, that is core to all these things. There's the humanness. And then there's the complexity that we in our humanness add to encounters. It's like our need to classify and qualify anything and everything we do versus simply celebrate the interaction, right? It, it, there's, it's like we've gotten to this place in society where we have so many damn labels and categories and everybody's trying to put into these little boxes and we're trying to fit everybody into this thing. Whereas the, the beautiful thing is, and in so doing, we deprive ourselves of the gold of emotion of just the simple interaction of having a human to human experience. Because now we're trying to explain or rationalize or qualify or categorize it for other people, or maybe for ourselves to figure out where we feel comfortable at versus just the simple beauty of, I met this incredible human. We had this beautiful conversation. You know, they were a warm, they're a warm individual, you know, those kinds of things. And I think that, I think that that is where all of us have this opportunity to do the deeper work, you know, and instead, I think we try to, I think a lot of us are trying to almost give ourselves that good little boy, good little girl thing, because we're so woke or we're so accepting or we're so inclusive and all these things, because it's like, oh, I have friends that are this, I have friends that are that we start to categorize them, right? Like, oh, I have friends who are this side. I have friends on that side. I have friends on that side. Why, why, why? Why can't we just have friends? Well, here's the, here's the weirdest part, man. Like, we are so, we get so, we, I think as human beings, most of us, right, are proud of our diversity and our friend groups, right? But still, we'll try to draw those, those tribalistic lines. If that may, you, you, you ever notice that? Yeah, this. Yeah, my, I have I've gay friends and all that kind of stuff, but you know they're 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 Trump supporters too, though, right? <laughs> they're gay, like, right? You know what I mean? And and, and it's like uh, you know, uh, I, I have I have I have black friends, or I have I have friends that are that are that are Democrats. I have friends that you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's like we're super. It's somehow we can still draw those labels, right? And we can still bastardize a whole section of 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 this category of people, right? But then be like, but that one's okay, and that one's okay, right? Not understanding that like the probably the vast majority of the people underneath the umbrella 
are individuals just like these other people that you met. <laughs> but, but, but you, but you, again, we, we let that extreme feel, you know, dictate, you know, how we, how we think, you know, we should respond to everyone in an umbrella. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's, 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 it's super, it's a weird place, man. I think it's a weird place. And, and, and like I said, everybody's, I think part of the reason why everybody walks around with a, a rock or a stone in their hand, for lack of a better way of saying it, is because you know that the other person has one. Yeah, well, I, I think I think maybe even more than that, it's not even necessarily that we know that everybody has one. It's that we're taught to believe that everybody has one based off of who we have to model behavior from. And so I, yeah, I'm going to pick on, I'm going to pick on media, our political figures, right? Our, who, we're, who we're taught as leadership and authority, you know, the people that we're supposed to look up to, it's, I, I find them one of the biggest ironic ironies of, of humanity in this present time is the people who are elected as, as leaders of the United States, united implying that we're together, are some of the most diverse and divisive individuals I've ever seen. It's like, can you imagine if it was a sports team, right? And let's just say you and I are on a, on a basketball team and we, we lost a close game and you're doing a post, you're doing a post interview and they said, Hey, Jared, what happened in the game today? And he's in the, in the post interview was, well, Jesse really screwed up. He played like crap and so-and-so didn't do this. And so-and-so didn't do that. And they did horrible. And I tried my best, but it just went to hell. That's not what teamwork is, right? The notion of a United team is when the interview comes, you say, we just didn't make some key shots. We missed some key moves. We didn't post up. We didn't do defense. We don't do that in leadership in this country, even on a political. It's it's constantly like this blaming back and forth. At least that's what the media captures, right? And so think about that. Think about what that exemplifies. And so then what do we do? We see our leaders doing it, right? Because the notion of leadership is these people are representing us and our feelings and our belief systems and our values. So then what do we do? Well, they're blaming each other. Why don't we blame each other? It's, you know what? Go for, go for I, it. Sorry. No, yeah. I was, I was, as you were talking about that, you gave the sports. I don't know. If he, I hope everyone watches some kind of sports. But that gets talks about in sports all the time. And it's, it's destroyed teams, right? So Ben Roethlisberger blamed AB when he threw a pick in the end zone. He ran a wrong route. And, you know, that was like, that was like, you know, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers starting to go like, oh, definitely going downhill, right? Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers last year in the playoffs, um, you know, every nobody has talked bad about Ben Simmons for a long time. I don't know if you guys know, you guys probably don't follow basketball, but I'm just giving, if you do, you'll get it. If you don't, just listen, <laughs> right? Ben Simmons, you know, he, he, uh, he neglected to take uh, a wide open layup and pass the ball because he was afraid to get fouled <laughs> or whatever reason. And uh, the other, like, co-captain of the team, uh, Joel Embiid, you know, when they're in a post-game interview, he's like, I think the momentum shifted when we neglected to take an open shot, right? <laughs> and, so, and after that, and Ben Simmons has not played a game for the 76ers this season, and he's sitting out and is demanding a fucking trade, Dude, right? <laughs> think about that. Like, a notion of a teammate is, is you go in there and you take the charge. But right? you take one for the team, you take the hit. 
the 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 United States the team oh no the reason this didn't go through is because Jared filibustered it or it's because those guys this those guys did that like where the hell is it's it's supposed to be a unified thing instead of like the the people who make I, I swear I shouldn't say I swear my perception is is the very the people who are the most responsible for most of our division divisiveness are the very people that have been elected to represent us. And yeah. what they're modeling to us constantly is to bicker, fight, and complain and finger point. And if we do that and we start to find a way to not prove our point, but to find fault in someone else's, then yes. we'll, get, we'll get what we want. You know, it's, it's crazy. It would, be, it would be super interesting if they just, like, and I don't know why they do this, if they just said, I think that the problem is that you know, the Democrats or the Republicans, they don't, they want this and this and this about this bill to be different, or they don't necessarily agree with this point, this point, this point, right? And we're trying to find a, a middle ground, like, as opposed to just saying they filibustered this, this, because they don't want this to go through. There's, there, why don't they talk about the places in the middle ground what they're, they're actually arguing over, like there's actual contention about, like, as opposed to just saying, oh, they just want to tax the rich or, you know, like we want to increase taxes by this percent to this population. And we want to increase taxes to this percent by this population. Because right? And these are the reasons why. Like, why don't, why, why don't they just the, like have. The more you create groups, the more you create divisiveness, the more you make it and a more, the more you create this, these people are different than you, a you versus me, a me versus them, the more there is going to be to argue about. And the more than if there's more to argue about, then there's inevitably going to be more of a rallying chloride to, to rally around when it comes time to collect a vote. Oh, yeah. I, I'm the champion of the poor. I'm the one that's going after the rich, you know, the billionaires, the elitists, right? I'm the one that's going to protect the coal miners. I'm going to want to do this, that. Well, but it's it's sickening. But if we just, if we didn't, we took all that stuff away and we looked at the human piece of it and we said, okay, here we are. We are. We are elected representatives of the United States, united, meaning we're all on this one beautiful team. There are 400 million people in this country, and we can probably safely assume that all 400 million of those people want to have uh, enough resources to put food on their table, a roof over their head, provide for a good life for their children, and to be able to enjoy life with friends and family, right? We could probably assume that. And so instead of when we go and we, we talk about contentious issues, like let's say fossil fuels or coal miners or something like that, instead of it making about uh, environmentalists trying to shut down coal miners and take away their livelihood and ruin their families' lives and it being a Republican versus Democrats, I'm going to stand up for the coal miners against the people who are trying to oppose them. What if we said, made it not about coal miners or anything, but we said there's humans here who earn their income and provide for their family in this industry. And we have a responsibility to provide an alternative for them, you know, create an opportunity for them to help them shift gears so that if this industry does start to go the way of the dinosaur because it's better for the entire whole, that we're going to take care of our teammates who were willing to play that part for so long. But we don't do that. We immediately turn it into this battle of if it's it's good versus bad right versus wrong it's me trying to screw over them or whatnot and so then people double and triple down on emotion because there's fear right you've heard me say this so many times fear and mediocrity are the two biggest businesses and we have to have fear and mediocrity to control a populace that's true you have to believe that they are not that they have to believe that there's a boogeyman out there 
for them to need uh, a savior. And many of our politicians, I think, ride the ticket of being a savior to fight the boogeyman. And they paint the other side of the boogeyman. Yeah. When it when it when it's it's really I'm gonna do another sports analogy analogy. Really, to me, like in everything in life, there there's there's offense and the defense, right? And you know, and some and some uh, uh, you know political arguments or ways about living. Republicans are offensive, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Democrats are defense, right? And then in other places. Democrats are the offense and Republicans are the defense, right? And and you need both sides of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Both sides of the ball. And it's like the argument really is, okay, country, what are we gonna where are we gonna be offensive at this right now? Where are we gonna be defensive? Like or you know, uh obviously we're 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 both of being offensive and defensive about to me what a first First Amendment rights right now is what <laughs> you know what I mean the right of you know freedom of speech right where it feels it feels like there's an offensive and defensive side to the freedom of speech argument right where there's there's one side that says you know we got to defend free speech and then there's another side that says yeah well you know free speech has consequences and certain speech should just not be allowed right and it's like uh, you know, that's the, that that's the offensive and defensive side of the debate, and I and I think you need both sides. I do. I think you do. And my personal opinion, freedom of speech is is an inarguable thing, right? Uh, and 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 it's it's an absolute positive necessity. Um, I do also agree that there should be consequences to to the things that you say, right? But I don't necessarily agree with, and this is going to sound horrible, right? But it's, it's private business, right? Firing somebody for certain statements. Like, I just, it, it just, it just, it, it, it bothers me, especially when those statements are not made about, you know, subordinates or does that make any kind of sense? Or some, or, you know, some somebody like that is is directly affected by that business in that time and space, right? Like, it, it, I can't understand you firing somebody because you, you know, Jim cursed out Joanne, right? You know what I mean, or something like that. Like, and it was completely inappropriate, and it was in front of clients, and blah 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 blah. You're fired, right? But if Jim curses out Joanne in the office, shut door, right? Ah. I'm not so certain, right? Whether or not Jim, even if even if that conversation was recorded, right? Unless he said something that was, you know, borderline criminal. Does, does, am I making any kind of sense? Yeah, I think like, it's it's. I think what you're speaking to is it's this opportunity for humans to become better humans, right? It's it's like what what would it look like if in the world our education system was focused on was focused on individual, you know, individual and team empowerment from the get-go, meaning that instead of churning out people who were able to, who were able to understand the basics of history, math, English, writing, whatever it was, it was churning out people who, as they grew up, they were, they were self-assured, self-confident. They, they knew how to understand their emotional states. They knew that the words of others weren't 
the what hurt them. It was actually their own emotional response. And they were taught instead to ask, the, instead of pointing the finger of blame and saying, you made me feel this way, they were taught to ask the question, well, why is why am I responding this way to what they said? What is this bringing up for me? Oh, shit. Just imagine yeah. that. Yeah. And that's, that's a possibility for all of us, but we're not even looking at that because instead we're focusing on the, the instant emotional reaction because it creates it, it's it's a profitable entity it's there's a necessity to it right now in the structure of our society well it's the it's the flim flam right and we we talk about this all the time too i call it i call it the flim flam but like you know like people say things in arguments to provoke emotional response so that a person cannot can no longer form a cohesive argument, right? Absolutely. It is a is an absolute tactic to 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 offend somebody or to hurt their feelings or to get them emotional, so that you can win the argument, right? And, and as a matter of fact, you 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 hear it, you know, in arguments and things like that, or even in fights. The first person to lose their cool loses, right? Yeah. And, and, and so that's. And that's what they're trying to do with us, right? Get us super hyped up and emotional about a subject and then, you know, sucker punch you with 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 a, a false solution or a false narrative about, about how to deal with it. It's, it's a dangerous game. It becomes a very dangerous game and a very dangerous system when we start to use we start to use broad generalizations to represent an entire whole. Yeah, I think that's it's. I am always. I one of the deepest concerns I feel is when I speak with a friend or a stranger or whoever, and they say something to the effect of the liberals or the conservatives, Republicans or the Democrats, and they use one word to blanket an entire populace. And and that statement is saying that all. 5 million, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million of those people are going to represent what is going to follow what you're going to say afterwards. And that, is, that is a scary, scary thing to do because once we start to develop that psychology for ourselves, again, we're making these scenarios of the boogeyman or the monster or the dragon and that we need to have a white knight or whomever come in and save us. And, in, and effectively, we all assume the 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 stereotypical damsel in distress role, like we're helpless and we're in the tower just waiting to be saved by someone else because we're not capable of ourselves. Well, the savior is not somebody riding in on a horseback and slaying the beast. The savior is us opening our eyes and realizing, wait, that door was never locked. There's stairs right there. We can go out there and, and that, that, that scary entity is actually just a mirage. And it's just, it's, it's the wizard behind the curtain. And there's nothing scary back there at all. It's actually just a silly person like us who's kind of awkward and uncomfortable, just like us, and who's doing what they've always done because they thought they were taught that was what they were always supposed to do. And when you actually sit down and talk with them and you realize well, they're not a fire-breathing dragon, but they're actually a person with hopes and dreams and fears, just like us, they just have been raised differently, but they actually kind of want the same things as us. It's just the way they go about getting those same things are a little bit different because that's what they've been taught to do. It's like if you were to go, if you went shopping and you were always to take a right turn to go shopping at Ralph's because you had just known that Ralph's was always where you went. And then one day somebody said, hey, Jared, you know, you can turn left and you can go over to Vaughn's and they have some of the same products for even better prices. And he said, no fucking way. Ralph's is the only way to go. And then you turn left the first time and you go, oh, my God, mind blown. There's a grocery store here that has similar products. You mean there is a 
there is an equally effective way for me to get the groceries I want by going a different route. Oh, wow. I would have never thought. I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to make two comments. First, here's the, here's the real crazy part about that last piece you said. I'm the type of person, you could tell me that, right? But because I've been going to Rouse, for, Rouse or whatever for 20 years, right? I might go to Vons once. I'll still go back to Rouse and pay the higher prices because that's my personality. I'm just such a creature of habit that I, and, 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 and things like that. They're like, I like, ah. yeah, but I know that I know the clerk over there. I know the manager. I know, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I'm still, still going to go there even still. Right. I like, I might see this person that I really like there. Cause I see them all the time. Right. So I, that, that part of human behavior is still, is still super true. Right. Like it's like, we could know and then be like, yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone in this way. Right. You know what I mean? And we'll take that. We'll take the sacrifice or the penalty or whatever. Sorry about this guys. My phone's about to die. And the other piece that I've really like really clicked for me when you were talking was um, you said you take this, you know, one statement and you map it out to 5 million, a hundred million people. And I think, think like i don't think people recognize that when we're putting people into these classifications and saying that they're all wrong they're not recognizing that even if that classification is one percent of the world's population you're talking about 70 plus million people yeah. right and, and, and i think if you could understand the if people could have a concept of the numbers of people like even when we talk about democrats versus republicans in the united states of america it's 400 million people in this country Right. And it's pretty fucking split down the middle. So you're talking about a hundred plus million people that have, you know, some opposing views from you. Right. <laughs> and so, and so like, you know, there, there's some validity in, 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 in some essence to that. Like when you, when you said those numbers, I was like, man, like you can't just say, Oh, transgender, gay, LGBTQ, uh, white, you know, Republican, Democrat. What, what you can't, because because once you say that, now you got to be like, okay, I'm talking about, I don't know, two billion people. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then the other thing, I know your phone's about to die, so I'll just I'll quickly wrap up with this. The the truth is too is all those people who were categorizing one way, if they were if they were born on the other side of town, they might think and feel differently than if they were born on the side of town they were. And last but not least, you said, you know, I might go to Ralph's for 20 years and go to Vaughn's the one time. And then you go back to Ralph's because you like the cashier, you're willing to pay the higher prices. And that's all of our opportunity to love and embrace people for their little quirks, the things that make them human. I think we, Jared, are you still there? I think we may have just lost Jared. So he's, his, his, he said his battery is about to die. So we'll wrap it up there and, as always, we appreciate all of you listening to this. We got on a little bit of a rant today, but we'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, what did you think? And uh, we'll be looking forward to chatting with you all next time. Take care, everybody. Goodbye.